holy name of Jesus. Amen. How does God dwell with his people? Where do you find God? We heard last night in the book of Revelation, of course, that the dwelling place of God is with his people. That is one of the last things that God wants to tell us. Uh, that's at the very end of the scriptures. The dwelling place of God is with man. That is the way that things are supposed to be. That is the way that the world is designed for man and God to walk together. And so we did walk together in the garden. And what's more, man and God were meant to walk together, perhaps they even work together. And man was not meant to die. The Lord would not have created us simply to live a few years and then to just die. Well, no way. That is what we chose. If free will exists, you are going to choose the way of death every time. And the Lord's great mercy is already shown there in the Garden of Eden in that they were not struck dead immediately upon eating right then and there. So the Lord will sustain his creation even if we look the other way and even if we turn our backs and do exactly the opposite of what he says. Though it seems now he does it from a distance maybe. So, how does God dwell with his people? Here and there. Every once in a while, the Lord would show up and speak to the people. Through visions, through angels, through things like the burning bush, pillars of fire and cloud. We call these things theophanies. And they're, they're kind of cool. Uh, and they happen all over in the Old Testament. Uh, but as amazing as they are, they weren't really dependable. Noah was told of the coming flood, and then it was 120 years before the thing actually happened. Uh, I, I don't know. I might, I might lose track a little bit during that, that time. He was given 120 years to, to build the ark and to gather the animals from, from when the Lord first came to him and told him that this was going to happen. Abraham goes decades at a time without hearing from the Lord. And I guess one of these is like, this certainly tells us that these people were very certain that they had heard from God. I hear people all the time say, like, well, God laid it on my heart to do this or that thing, and then you stick with it for 10 minutes, I guess. But to stick with something for 120 years, I mean, you must have really come face-to-face -face with the living God. But for the most part, if you were looking for God, it seems like it would have been kind of hard to find him. And he chooses where and when to reveal himself. And you never really know where he's going to pop up next. So there's priests and prophets, but again, it doesn't seem like it was all that reliable. So you just kind of hoped that he heard you. So the Lord 
rectified the situation. And instead of just showing up here or there or spending decades being silent, instead of waiting years and years between visits, God told people to go and build the tabernacle. And then when they wanted to find him, they would know where to go. The tabernacle, big tent in the middle of of the, the tribes of Israel, this big tent that they build, and it's, it's wonderful. It's, uh, it's ornate. It's, it's fantastic. And later on, they, they move to Jerusalem. God moves to Jerusalem and uh, tells them to build the temple. And these things, where God dwells among the people, you should see these as Eden being restored. And then the, the inside of them is covered with imagery that, that evokes the Garden of Eden, where God and man walk together. God literally moved with the people. He was with them, walking with them, taking them out of slavery and bringing them into the promised land. So it seems like everything would be good then. Like, okay, well, we know where to find him, so of course we'll be faithful to him. It seems easy enough, but you know that we eventually got tired of it. Because, I mean, who needs God anyways? His increasing self-revelation, his accessibility. He said, oh, well, of course I'll be with you because you want me to be with you. But it did not result in the people's increased devotion or faithfulness. So that the temple is lost. The tabernacle is gone. The Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testimony is gone. They lose it. And God's people are kicked out of the very promised land that, that he had brought them to. And Eden, Eden itself is lost again. Again and again and again. And eventually they came back, some of them, but it was never the same again. And then, as we heard in Luke 2 last night, the glory of the Lord appeared again. The glory of the Lord that had filled the tabernacle so thick that Moses couldn't even go in there. That glory of the Lord shone around the shepherds as they were out in the fields and the angels are singing to them and uh, announcing the birth of Christ. There it is. It had been a long time since anyone had seen that. And this time, it looks like it's here to stay. That is, if we'll have it. Right there in the little baby Jesus is the very word of God, the word of God that was there in the beginning, the word of God through which the whole entire world came to be, the word of God that is God. This is the word of God that made light. This is the word of God that is light itself. That is what Jesus is. Jesus is the very presence of the Lord. If you want to see what God looks like, you only must look to Jesus. And when you are with Jesus, you are walking with the Lord in the garden, and everything is perfect and right. And why did he do this? Well, there was nothing in us. We didn't pray hard enough to make him come down. 
No. He does this purely out of love. Because he is love. And yet, I wonder about those shepherds in the field. Those shepherds who were, uh, who beheld and were surrounded by the glory of the Lord. Those shepherds who walked with God before he could even take his first steps. It would be a very long time before that baby would begin preaching. Before he would gather disciples. Before he would ultimately suffer, die, and rise from the grave for them. But think of the anticipation that they had. They knew that they had walked with God again. And that God walked among them, dwelling with them. They knew that they were no longer strangers and exiles and outcasts. They knew that the presence of Christ had opened up something that we thought was lost forever. Restoration, forgiveness, love. It is possible that we could forget it all again. But the good news is that you have not. Here, the world over, this God who is with us continues to reveal himself in word and sacrament. And he continues to see all of you and to baptize you and to clean you up, to walk with you. He continues to draw in shepherds and wise men and you, and me to himself, to walk with him in a world of peace and abundance. So we look no further than Jesus, but we do continue to wait. We know that he is with us, and yet he will do something greater than this. The word that has become flesh dwells among us, and yet we still wait for the moment when he will come again. For now, we rejoice. He's not hidden. He is with us right here today. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.